Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to the Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me this week is not Victor, Victor as you can see. I'm Victor Adams. <laughs> if I just say it enough That's times, right. people will believe it. Victor Adams is aged Victor, over you the looked, last you, week. Victor, you looked, <laughs> you right. looked That's right. Apparently, he's become a deacon in the last week, too. That's a miracle. I, Vic, so, I've always thought Victor was very holy. Yeah. Sorry for all you guys that are in like five years of formation. Victor figured it out in a week. You just got to show up on John's show, That's and right. you were ordained. Poof, right? Yes. You look different, and you dress different. Deacon Jeff, I'm glad to have you here. Uh, I'm thrilled to be here. It's always a joy. I know that uh, I've been wanting to get you in here. Uh, but Victor, you know, sometimes the thing about him is he misses consecutively, and then it's a while before he misses. So today he's down at Mississippi State moving his daughter Lillian and doing good father stuff. But I'm glad that you were here to move from that side of the production to this side. Today I am happy. This. It pays better here out That's front. Right. So it's like double zero. That's right. That's right. Hey, there's a there's, there's McDonald's fry coming your way every once I in a while. I can only wait. That's right, because I get all the Monopoly pieces, and I can oh, yeah. fill my board out with the more fries I buy. Awesome. So, but no, I'm glad to have you here. It's going to be a good episode. We're going to talk about some things I think people um, don't always think about when they're pursuing holiness, and we'll jump into that here in a few minutes. But first, I just want to tell everybody, if you're around Beaumont, Texas, this weekend, August the 20th, I will be speaking at the Christ in You Men's Conference at the Beaumont Civic Center. It's going to be a great weekend. My buddy Andy uh, Sonier from the uh, CMLA and, and from Beaumont down there, he runs it called invited us a while back there's gonna be some great speakers there and then me uh, you know, so so bishop tubes will be there uh, father mark tubes from ascension press and some other things there he'll be there ryan delacross from the catholic talk show so there'll be plenty to do there'll be food there'll be just a great day of spending time with other men uh, learning about the faith and just uh fellowshipping together so if you're in that area around houston beaumont or over near the you know the the west side of Louisiana, come over come over and join us and and, and you know meet us over there at the Beaumont Civic Center Saturday. Uh, just got back from a retreat or excuse me a parish mission a couple weekends ago. Deacon Jeff in Nashville went really well up there. We've got another couple of those. One here in Memphis at St. Michael's uh, Parish around the corner. Then we have one coming up at the end of the month at Wichita Falls. If you're interested in starting a men's group in your parish, if there's nothing for you out there in your parish, or as we talked about last week on the episode, you feel like you're in a spiritual wasteland as a man, come to our website, go to the events book and book me page, click there, and I will talk to you. I'll get on a phone call with you. You can look at the website there about coming to your parish. We want to do a couple of things. Start a men's group. Also, talk to the men and women of your parish about real relationships with Jesus, identity, coming and getting away from that identity based on the sum of my fears and shame and into understanding who you are as a blessed son or daughter of God. So we do all that. We're going to train your men, give them a structure, and build something for men that lasts, fruit that lasts, like like the Apostle Paul going out, not saying I'm like the Apostle Paul, but in the manner of the Apostle Paul, going and building fruit that will last. You know, there's there's a few reasons why these things don't happen. Father wants one, but he's too busy, doesn't need something else to run. Two men are ashamed, you know, they're, they're convicted of their shame. And so they don't think they're the right guy. We can help with that. And then number three, guys who want to do it, they don't have a structure. I don't know what I'm doing. We can help with all of that. And that's really the mission of this ministry. So if you're interested in that, go to our website, 
go to the events at book me page and click on the starting men's group portion set up a call with us and we can see how we can help you in your area so deacon jeff is funny you know i've had lucy uh, you know before we get on the subject of the show looking up all these areas in in the in our uh, region region five which is kentucky mm-hmm. and tennessee and mississippi and alabama and so she finally got through with louisville today and louisville has 111 parishes so it took her a little bit she came back and said that less than 12 less than 13 percent of parishes have something for men outside of knights of columbus and again that's no knock on knights of columbus we love knights of columbus right. knights of columbus is an amazing organization sure but, um yeah but you got to minister to men specifically like in your parish and that's yeah a, that's a travesty right and a lot of times like the knights do great things that are service oriented yeah. right and those are needed but a lot of parishes when you ask them they said we don't really have like a spiritual group as far as really diving into the issues men face um dealing with them growing in your authentic friendships understanding of the scriptures and then you know seeking to grow further in the faith uh and so that's what we're trying to build and so when you look at that, like our Diocese of Memphis, we have 41 parishes and less than, I think we found here, it was less than 12%. So, mm. you know, it, there's a trend out there and men need places. We all want to gripe about how men are not rising up and men aren't leading our church and men aren't leading our families. And you look at things like all the stuff that we support so freely, like pro-life and all these other things. If we were to really get to the men, a lot of these other issues we see in the church would not be the issues they are today if men were raising up virtuous men right then we wouldn't have as many problems with abortion like with the need for abortion right. in the eyes of the world right. you know right? and, and and tragically what you see uh, is the in the world is is busy tamping down on manhood sure right yeah. so the world's <laughs> fighting actively against and so we as a church have really got to start to rise up and i'm i'm not a big fan of toxic masculinity which sure. is a new term that was kind of generated yeah. Yeah. like against men again but i am in favor of, of men being masculine yeah sure. right and we need to we need to build men up in a virtuous way yeah in our parishes because we got to counteract what that world is you're saying. exactly right it's so funny the world's like be a man in the other second it's like stop being man we don't that's like exactly it. right you know? it's like, don't open my door right yeah be a man <laughs> when it suits us right but not when it doesn't and oftentimes today it doesn't more right. than it does in the world but you're right as a church like there, there are there are certain positions and giftings and and places the lord has has set for men and women separately and for men they're supposed to be the priest prophet kings right of my family of my church all of those things so that's what we're trying to do through this ministry it's what we've been trying to do so those of you out there that, that are inter- interested in that we can help um you know and, and the thing about why i think so many men aren't included in, 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 in getting involved in their church. They're included if they want to be, but not involved in their church. Is oftentimes they're they're running around with the wrong folks. Right? You know, I mean that's really what we I want to talk about today is just like who are you hanging out with? And, you know, a lot of times we don't think that it matters in our life. You know, we, we're running around with whoever we think is cool or whoever we think is funny or whoever we enjoy being with. And even though they may be a good person at heart, if they're not, their values aren't really aligned with ours, and they're not trying to go the same direction. Oftentimes, this can be very, you know, difficult in in our walk to holiness. You know, um, I'll give you an example. Like this weekend, I went on this wonderful retreat, not to speak or anything like that. I went to Chota Falls in the North Georgia mountains with the uh, Frazzati group, which is a group of you know ex-military men that have gotten together and they really want to use what they learned in the service to train the virtues and the things, the perseverance and all those things they learned, how to train executives to run their business or ministries to, to really help men grow in leadership. 
And so they invited all these, you know, I think it was like 20 other guys in ministry or that ran businesses to come and just be a part of this weekend. And it was awesome the way they did it. You know, there was a some legionnaire priests there that were the chaplains and sort of the, the, the retreat leaders as far as the speaking and the talks. But there was plenty of time for leisure. There was tons of stuff to do, hikes. We had whiskey tastings, all these things in, in between all this. And there were a lot of guys I never met. But, you know, there were guys like Matt Fried and Jason Everett, people like that were there too, the guys from Hallow and Exodus 90. But what I really found was like one day it was in the middle of a break. I don't remember what day. But up there they have no clocks on the wall. So it's really yeah. like being in the Shire up there. Like yeah. There's all this beautiful stuff. You're in the mountains and smoke, you know, in the mornings around stuff. And you just really have no concept of time except for when they say, all right, you got a three-hour break. So I'm sitting like in this swing overlooking this pool and these manicured trees and this chapel and all that. And all of a sudden I'm just lost in my thoughts about I don't even know what. But I noticed like I had this like Joker-esque grin on my face. Like I just found myself smiling. I was like, what's that about? Like I don't – like I'm not thinking about anything right now that's eliciting a huge smile on my face or anything I think that's particularly funny. And, and I stopped and I was like, what is this smile about? And I realized, man, I'm really enjoying just being in the midst of a bunch of other men that are walking towards holiness that are like have taken time. I mean, some of these guys ran like, you know, million dollar companies and as men, we're always so busy, right? Like I can't do anything. I got to work, 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 work. But these men like saw that this was important enough to take time out of their life to be here. And so when I caught myself smiling, I'm like, man, like these are the type of people I want to walk with. Like the men that are like, they're interested in not only getting to heaven themselves, getting their families to heaven, the people, their parishes, but even the people that they employ, right? I mean, one of the guys that showed up was from something called His Way at Work. And he's a South African guy. He's written books. And he gave us an hour-long talk about how he took all this money in his company and started up this caring thing. And it's basically like seeing to the needs of their employees, no matter what. You know, you're just tired today, and now you found out later in the day you got cancer. We're going to take care of all that. We're going to take care of your family. So I just, within me, it's like, man, I'm so glad in my life now, whether it's the people in my men's group, you, people here in Memphis, or people like that that I'm now acquainted with in ministry, that, that God has allowed me to be surrounded by, by men that are good men. They're seeking virtue and holiness. And what a difference it's made in my own life. But what a difference the other, other side can make, right? When we're, sometimes as men, we want to straddle. Like we want to be on, on either side of, of a widening, you know, cliff, right? It's like an earthquake and the ground splitting and you're staying between it. And the one side of maybe friends of the past or whatever is moving one way and where you're wanting to go is moving the other and you're having to make a choice. And a lot of times a it's a very hard choices, choice. Right. Not just one choice. It's right. never, it's never comes down to one moment. Sure. Like, Hey, do you want to be like a sinner and a retribute the rest of your life? Sure. Or do you want to be a holy man of God? You know, and you get to make that choice. Sure. It's always these little choices. And, and that it, I love that image of this ever widening chasm. Yeah. It, get, it gets wider and wider. It creeps on you. Yeah. It gets wider to the point where you can straddle it at the beginning but you can't keep straddling. Sure, yeah. Unless you're John Claude Van Damme, no. who can do full on splits most <laughs> yeah. of your life, and did in a lot of movies for no apparent reason. But you watched the wrong movies. <laughs> I did. I don't know. They're good. I don't know. Maybe wrong now, but I used to enjoy them. But no, I, I think that's where a lot of men are, and I think it's really the reason why so many men are so reluctant to go further in the faith, because there is this idea of of you know Christianity should cost you something, and it most certainly should. Oftentimes, when we start to live our life in a different way, we really start to say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm, I'm finally getting the, the fortitude or the courage to, to live my faith more evidently, right? Like, 
I'm going to pray when I'm around other people, when I'm about to eat, or I'm going to speak out about things that I used to not to, you know, it's that time where it starts to get very precarious for a man because you're going to lose things. I mean, the Lord told us that like you will be hated. You will be persecuted because of me. A lot of times we think like, okay, somebody's going to throw us in a prison cell and beat us all of our life. Well, we live in different times now. The way we're persecuted often is when we make choices that are contrary to the culture. Right. And then we're persecuted in that way. And, and some of the ways that I know I have, and I'm sure you have too, has been when I've chosen to outwardly live my faith. And then people have just, whether it's been an announcement of like, I will no longer be your friend, you Jesus loser, <laughs> you know, or it's just like that Homer Simpson meme you've seen where like he slowly moves back into the bush and you can't see him anymore. <laughs> I think that's like, it's it's that way, it's either one of those two ways, but we wind up losing friends, and I think that's why so many men are so reluctant to go further in the faith, is like, I my life's comfortable, I really like these people, and in the back of our mind, we're going, but I don't like the way they cuss all the time, because then I wind up doing it, or I don't like the way that they talk to their wife, or I don't like their views on the world about this, but we still do it, because at the end of of everything, we're made for community, and we don't want to be alone. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of times that I think guys can, when we get comfortable like that, even though we might sense something is yeah. not good, we're still going to do it. I mean, it's sure. just it's it's what it's it's what we're we 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 just we've kind of raised ourselves that way. Yeah, and we feel very comfortable with that. We don't want to challenge ourselves. Now, I want to go back to the point where you were talking about where you were sitting there in all of this beauty over that weekend and you were smiling. Yeah. Right. And you and you'd say it's because like I'm, I'm in a place with a bunch of guys, you know, and we're doing the same thing. And I would imagine I would even go further and say that you you recognize that you were with a bunch of guys that were just like you. Yeah. And see, that's the thing that we guys don't do very well. Right. We're so busy putting on shows. Oh, man, right? we're yeah. trying. We're, we're, we're <laughs> always trying to let everybody know they're like, hey, I'm cool. I can do this. I can drink that extra drink or I can do this thing or and I can make that joke or I can sure. imply that, uh, you know, any woman in here better watch out. And we're, we're, we're all basically insecure, you know, and, and basically, and so it's, it's hard for us sometimes, but then when you recognize those moments where you can actually kind of be yourself and you can be just a little bit vulnerable, guys don't like to do vulnerable, (laughs) but when, but when we, when we feel like we're in a place where we can, amazing things happen. Yeah. That's why we have to be careful about where we go, what we do and who we're doing those things with. Right. It, it, It matters so much. And I mean, we don't. We, we think we can just tune out stuff. But, I mean, I, I forgot the guy's name. is a secular guy. He died back in 2019, business guru stuff. But he used to say, like, you're basically the sum of the five people you hang around with the most. Yeah. You know, and we don't think about that. We don't realize how influenced we are. But there's been times in my life, even as a kid, when I hung around with different people, I noticed the way I talked changed, the, 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 in, the inflection of my voice. Right. You know, the sound of my voice, the words that I said. Um, you know, I look at Jacob and like all the all the kids in his grade. You know, he's probably in there right now playing his Nintendo Switch. And if you're just kind of around the corner, they all have headsets and they're talking to right. each other. It's it's bro and and bro <laughs> and all this stuff and and let's go, bro and all this. And I'm like, what is that? Like I, he's never talked like that. But then as his friends come around or we're around school and around the football team and all that, it's bros everywhere. You know, and it's it's a younger generation thing. But it's just a point of like when you start to to choose people to walk through life with you start to really imitate and, and reflect that. And that's why it's so important we walk but with Jesus. But that's human nature, right? We do that all the time. I remember yeah. a couple of years ago, I was out somewhere with, with Bess, my wife, and, and we were somewhere, and, and I looked around and realized, and I said, is it just me or does every one of these little, they're all like seventh grade kind of sure. age girls have these Ugg boots on? 
I mean, it was like thing. It was like I suddenly just noticed. She's like, Jeff, where have you been? Yeah. Because that's the thing. That's what oh, everyone sure. does. Yeah. And and the and the kind of the the way I was thinking was like. Yeah, that actually is harmless. That's great if all the girls want to wear UGG boots when they're sure. that age or whatever. And the reality, though, is I, as I get as I was getting older, as I start to get older, things are more serious than UGG boots. I mean, was, you're making choices <laughs> now to be like other people that sure. are that are actually you know eternal life threatening. Sure. And it's like so it may be harmless at, on on one end or seemingly harmless, but it can get increasingly dangerous yeah. with the kind of people that we hang out. No, you're right. I mean, that's exactly how I fell into my drug addictions in college, right? I, first of all, so many of us have wounds that we don't even know about, you know, and don't even address. We think we're just angry or, or this way because of something, and we don't know where it right. comes from, but a lot of times it comes from wounds. With me, I have a father wound and inadequacy, and, and a lot of men have that. It's like the main fear of men's inadequacy. But like I feel I, that way every time I'm around you. Oh well, just, you shouldn't. <laughs> you said set the bar pretty low. I'm just uh, kidding. But but uh, no, like the when I went to college, you know, I wanted community again, and so when I found a group of guys in a fraternity, I went in and I was like, those are the guys that seem to be cool. Those are the guys everybody seems to like. I want to be like them. What are they doing? I want to do that too. So next thing you know, drinking heavily. Now, I made my own choices, not blaming on anybody else. Made the choice to to follow and, and make those bad decisions. But I started becoming like them. Started smoking weed, started doing drugs, all those things. And, you know, it really is about hanging out with the right people or the wrong people. Doesn't mean that people are inherently bad. But if you're hanging around with people that are making bad life choices, right, or they're they're downgrading people or gossiping about people or or just being – contrary to Christ, the chances are the more you hang out with them, even if you don't want to, the more that's going to rub off on you. And I got a quote here from St. John Bosco, and he said, fly from bad companions as from the bite of a poisonous snake. If you keep good companions, I can assure you that you will one day rejoice with the blessed in heaven. Whereas if you keep with those who are bad, you will become bad yourself and you will be in danger. And I just, as men, I don't think there's this, we all, we all, the, the idea of control, Right is what I'm really getting mm-hmm. at. Like here, we we think no, I can control this. I can still hang out with these folks, and then on Sunday or on you know Wednesday night at my nights meeting or at my men's group or or at the prayer breakfast or whatever, I could hang out with these guys. And again, I can continue to you know to, to straddle this cavern that's ever widening. But you don't. I mean, it's like Mr. Miyagi's knowledge in the Karate Kid: <laughs> walk left side, fine; walk right side, uh, fine; walk middle, squash like grape, right? And that's really what happens: is is you have to make choices in life. And I think sometimes it's, it it really shows that we don't always trust Jesus as well as we should, because he said, "Yes, you're going to lose things, but what you're going to lose is going to be nothing compared to what you're going to gain." And so we we have to start really thinking about that and taking that to mind and surrounding us with people, ourselves with people that are going to lead us towards virtue and holiness. People that stand up and go, you know what, John, I was in the other room with you and we were having that party and, you know, Angela said something, you really kind of snapped at her and it was not a, an appropriate way to talk to your wife, right? Like, I just, as your friend, I need to tell you that. You need people to call you out. You need that accountability. You need people that are going to lift you up and you know, as we look at the Old Testament, you know, we always like to go into Scripture, Deacon Jeff. You know, you look at David and Jonathan. You know, David comes out, he slays Goliath, and Jonathan immediately sees something in him like, wow, that was courageous. 
Like that guy went up and did something nobody else was willing to do. His men were over there cowering behind him about to pee their pants and let Goliath like, you know, make fun of them constantly. And this skinny kid goes out there and kills this giant with a slingshot. Meanwhile, the other side is mocking and yelling at him and screaming at him and you're going to die and all this. And he walks out there. Jonathan saw something in that. And like a couple chapters later, him and he calls his, his um, what do you call him, his page or his, his scribe to Squire go with him. Yeah, Squire. And they climb up this cliff and go attack the Philistines while they're sleeping. And like the Israelites from below are going, what's going on up there? And they scurry away and Jonathan started to live courageously because he saw it in David. And then when Saul, who was very jealous, as we know of David, and wanted to kill him because of his tens of thousands versus Saul's thousands, um, when they when he came in on a parade, he didn't like that they were praising David more than him. Jonathan even stepped up to his father and was like, you don't need to kill him, he's good. right? You don't need to kill him, he's good. He's a good man, he's the anointed one, he's all of these things. Those are the type of people we need to be surrounded by. And inversely, those are the type of people we need to be for other people. Yeah, but we don't often see that today because we're so caught up in what the world and the culture wants. We've heard so many times, like you know, you hate to do hear the slogans and stuff, but like you know, and you go to pretty much any men's sure. conference, you're gonna hear iron sharp sharpens sharp yeah. iron. But you know what? There is inherent truth in in those kind of things. Sure. I mean, those those little. What if we run on iron? <laughs> well, you know what? God provides the iron. There you go. And and the thing is, uh, you know, when you're around guys like that and they're modeling that behavior. That's but you need to be able to recognize that. So Jonathan recognized that in David, yeah. and maybe there was an amazing feat, you know, slaying a Associated giant. That's a big it, yeah. deal. But the reality, I think, all of us innately can recognize, um, you know, other men in our lives and go like, man, that guy seems to have it all together. Yeah. The number of times that I've just been so blessed to have somebody come up and ask me a question specifically because of something I had said or done at some other time, maybe, and so people recognize that. So when you say that we need to be ready to do that, to sure. be that kind of person. We need to be ready to be that for others. Always be thinking about what, what, what are others seeing in us, yeah. right? And then be able to feed off of things that we see that are good and holy and recognize, like, and to be able to sit and smile and suddenly go, like, I'm in the right place. Yeah. This place is good. Yeah, and, I mean, it's not, you don't have to be at some spiritual retreat. I mean, in every parish, there's guys that are living the faith. I mean, I can think in ours. I mean, you got like Mark Lynch and all kind of great people that are that are good practicing Catholics that are good men to be around. You know, I remember like with Mark, for instance, you know, we do the Italian festival every year and Jacob was there and he's getting to the age where he's like, I want to go with you, Dad, but I don't really want to hang out with you like yeah. the entire time, <laughs> you know, and, and Mark is like, I'll take him with me. And, you know, next thing you know, I'm driving by in a golf cart and Jacob's over there hammering this you know, ticket booth together with Mark and I could show Mark, see Mark showing him things. And I'm like, I'm not worried about my son being with him because he's a good man. Right. You know, and he's a good influence and, and I want him like, there's no jealousy that he's not over there hammering something right. with me. He's learning from another good man and, and praise God for that. Like I want that sort of community for my child to, 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 to be raised up in. And, you know, you look at another Old Testament restaurant or, or reference, not restaurant. They didn't have restaurants. Maybe they did have restaurants in the Old Testament. I don't Taco know. Bell started. They probably weren't drive throughs sure. Hard to get a, an oxen through there, you know. <laughs> Sorry about the horns on the window. You know, <laughs> get yourself to the hospital. But <laughs> but anyway, you know, Moses is, is older in his age, and, and Joshua's kind of becoming this new um, leader that's rising up, and there's still Aaron and her. And uh, and Joshua is fighting the battles that Moses can no longer fight on the battlefield, right? So he's fighting the Amorites, and and you know God had told him, you know, raise your staff up and 
And when you have your staff raised, you know, Joshua's going to be winning the battle. And so there's a beautiful picture that Bill Donnie sent me one time, and it was from the back of, of Moses, and he was older, and you could tell he couldn't stand up for this battle, and his arms kept falling. And so Aaron and her set him on this rock, and then they took a knee, and they raised the staff up and held his elbows up, and then the Israelites won the war. Those are the type men we need to find in our life. Those are the type men that we need to surround ourselves with. And the thing, Deacon Jeff, about about men is, it, it, and people in general, I think, is whenever we think there's choices, our mind always tends to to turn towards the negative, right? Like if I make a choice, it's going to be the wrong one. If I make a choice, it's going to cost me something. If I make a choice, I'm probably going to look back and say, man, I wish I had chose that, like chosen that. It's just sort of the way our minds function if we don't train them to be different. And the thing is, like, on the other side of that choice, if we will just make it, God provides for us what we really need in our life. I look at my life now, and like I said, in, in college, I got on those, on those, you know, wrong choices and hanging out with the wrong people, and it followed me through my marriage. And even I can remember Angela, who's on her side, you know, recording this right now. Even when we got married, she's like, are you still going to run around with those guys? And it wasn't like they were, she was saying those are terrible guys that are terrible human beings. She just knew that some of those people I had been with were not making good choices. Yeah. You know, also you're married, it's time to grow up and like spend time with your wife and not the guys from college. But now I look at my life and I'm surrounded by you. I'm surrounded by David Hall and Victor and Nick and all these different guys and John Sablon and all these men in ministries that you know I've become friends with. And I'm like, you know, it was scary. And there were people in my life that were good people that I used to run around with even after the conversion, even after I started living for the faith, that simply just said, This is too much for us. And, and we're not going to come around anymore because of your zeal for the faith or because you got priests around and it's uncomfortable for us. And those things hurt. Like I wanted to still really be friends with them. I still miss them every time we have something at the house and they just don't come anymore. Yeah. But at some point you have to go like, man, but God has really rewarded me with all of these other things because I, we, I had the courage to make that choice. And if we don't make that choice, then we're never really going to live fully in what Christ wants for us because we're made for community. Right? We're made for community, and oftentimes that's why we find ourselves in the wrong place in life is because we're seeking community, and a lot of times it's in the wrong places. But when we seek Christ and we make those hard choices that he asks of us, he's going to put people around us to surround us. It's like the when he says, why would I give you a snake if, if you ask for a fish? Yeah. Right? He's going to give you what you need. The Heavenly Father is going to give you that. We have, we have to trust him because, I mean, it's like you've – Another old saying, you know, when God closes a door, he opens a window. I mean, there's, he's going to provide. Sure. And, and, and we just have to trust that. You, you look at the John Bosco quote you said yeah. uh, earlier and, and, uh, and where he's like, you know, don't spend time with bad companions. So guys that are like going like, yeah, I mean, I probably have some bad companions. Or their wives are hinting that they have sure. bad companions. The honest truth is you don't have to call them out as bad companions. Sure. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to have the courage to stand and say like, you're a bad companion and yeah. I'm not spending time with you. Don't do that. Just be more like the Homer Simpson and disappear into the bushes. Sure. And, and the thing is, when that goes away, God's opening windows and allowing you time and opportunities to be with other people, other men, and he's going to lead you down a path. If you open yourself, if you're vulnerable and you, and you trust him, you're going to go down that path of holiness because you're going to uh, align with more holy people. You're exactly right. And it, it's just, you know, like St. Teresa says here too, what a great favor God does to those he places in the company of good people, right? And, and what you're saying too is, is it also gives you an opportunity for evangelization, right? If somebody comes to you and says, hey, man, you haven't been around much long, or like you're not you're not answering the way you used to, or you're not going to the bar every Tuesday night or whatever right. it may be. Why not? Well, I'm making choices in my life. I'm making changes. What? 
I'm really falling in love with the Lord and I want to be better for my wife and my children. And maybe that's an opportunity God uses to, to speak into that person's heart. But if it isn't, you just have to stay, say, stay true to God and what he wants of you, right? Like God's calling me in a direction. I'm going to trust in that and, and, and do whatever it takes to be this new man. And now look, like this doesn't mean that you, you, you got to go like cleave off every relationship you have in your life, you know? Don't yeah, because do you also don't want to separate yourself from right. the opportunity to evangelize. Right, yeah. Right? Jesus hung out with sinners. Yeah. So you so, don't just yeah. go, no more sinner for me. I'll be over here with right. the pointy hat. And you and also that. don't have to judge them. <laughs> yeah. So when they say like, dude, what is going on with you? You're, your job is not to say, well, you know what? You are yeah. a bad influence. I just realized you were terrible. You, you have know? to do the other, <laughs> you, the old sure. breakup thing. It's not you, it's me. That's right. That's <laughs> no, right. really, you're, you're making a choice for yourself, not a against somebody right. but for yourself sure right and and trust me they hear that and and they may feel initially judged but the honest truth is they're actually liberated just a little bit and they actually if they if they have a, an ounce of vulnerability they're gonna go like dude am i really a bad influence yeah and it's gonna actually cause some kind of conversion yeah in their hearts yeah they're gonna start looking at interiorly at themselves and what they're doing and and that's a good thing right i mean our actions are supposed to call others to conversion yeah. we're supposed to be that light in the world so you know, guys, if you're if you're a guy that's struggling with this, I mean, and you're struggling to, to walk further in holiness, like really look at who you're spending time with in your life. You know, there's going to be negative and positive influences, but the goal of our life is to always walk towards what is good and true and holy. And and you may be going, you know, a guy sitting here going, well, I'd like to, but I'm in a spiritual wasteland again, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have anybody. Like I said last week, maybe God is calling you to be the person that builds a place for other people. So if, if that's what you're feeling, again, get in contact with us. Shoot us an email. Go to the website and click on the form to fill out. And maybe that is God putting that call in your heart to build a place for other men. Because the thing is, the devil convinces us that we're the only one that feels a certain way. We're the only one that is struggling to find good friends or virtuous friends. You're not. Trust me, there are more people looking for the same thing. They need a beacon to be able to come to like a moth to a flame, right? So be that beacon. You know, Take that courage. Pray about it. And then give us a call and see if we can help you build a place in your area where you can start walking away from things that are negative or not positive in your life so that you can become the man that God calls you to be. Amen. So Deacon Jeff, I I thank you for being here. Um, It's always a pleasure to have you. And you always just, you contribute so much to the conversation. So glad to have you. And and I just hope that you'll join me in praying for these men and the people listening, that they can have the strength to to maybe walk away from situations that may be in their life so that God can bless them. My pleasure. Looking forward to the French fries. All right. All right. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, you have made us for community, and deep in our hearts we long for friendship with others. If we're not careful, though, we can find that community in the wrong places. Help us to seek friendship with those who are seeking virtue and holiness. And Father, if we find ourselves in friendships with people living contrary to you, give us the strength to move on from them so that we can seek out relationships built on love for you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.